Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 282, and today we'll be talking about Bow Bow's Revenge from Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So in this episode, Mau Mau reunites with his old adventuring companion, Bow Bow, who happens to be the most adorable and powerful little dog you've ever met. Also is somehow, well, besides the monsters in this world, one of the only non-talking animals, which is put hilariously against all of the sweetie pies. And yet Mau Mau can understand him perfectly. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is understandable. When I rewatched the second time, I remembered that, oh yeah, Bao Bao spells out a whole message to Mau Mau in Bones. So he's clearly capable of complex thoughts. But I kind of forgot about that by the time we actually see him because he acts exactly like a unintelligent dog for a lot of his appearance yeah i mean they have all these combo moves that rely on bow bow just being a dog right and <laughs> bow bow sort of betrays mau mau again at the end by chasing a butterfly and ignoring mau mau's you know renewed interest in their friendship which was actually kind of sad because mau mau's really been hurt Oh yeah, Mau Mau, I mean, it, ob- obviously he's still hurting about his father. The therapy with Old Blue isn't fixing him up immediately. Um, he's uh, He wants to impress their fathers together. <laughs> yeah, that line, <laughs> that, <laughs> that Mau Mau thinks everyone's dealing with daddy issues. He's like, join me, Bao Bao, and together we'll impress our collective fathers. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he's still <laughs> getting those therapy sessions, but I really enjoyed the fact that Adorbat was able to, you know, she really had to think really hard about it, but the the gears spun and she was able to put together that, oh yeah, Mau Mau is just emotionally hurt. <laughs> and his exaggeration in his stories might come from a place of actual pain or actual regret or sadness, uh, which is kind of weird to think about the initial story that he pitches also <laughs> as being not the, you know, heroic story that he was trying to pitch it as. Well, remember, they, they set that up as he was just upset about losing his ice cream. <laughs> right. It turns out Mau Mau's a lot more emotionally moved than he wants to present himself to be. The fact that <laughs> even ice cream is something that uh, moves him. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that, though. I mean, you don't fight armies over ice cream? Uh, no, no, I don't. But I I do relate to, uh, you know, this relationship with an animal. And I think it definitely presents that funny, like, dichotomy of sometimes, you know, you, you and your pet might vibe and you feel like you're on the same page. And then sometimes they're just a wild animal and you don't understand. But of course, I don't, I haven't taken a relationship with a pet as seriously as Mau Mau has. But I also don't live in a world of talking and much more intelligent animals. I love how Mau Mau ties Bao Bao up to the light post completely confidently, and then is at the same time also completely confident that Bao Bao could rip the light post out if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, Something yeah. about that just sticks with me. I was like, when Mau Mau, well, also, I like that the bone he throws, again, going back to that object permanence, I, upon oh, rewatching, yes. realized, oh, they actually slide in that Mau Mau picks up one of the bones and slides it into his, uh, his pants, his, I don't know what he wears. He doesn't really wear pants. Little, Somehow on his waist. Delt thing. And, uh, you know, later throws it. But, like, did he think Baba was just going to rip from the leash? Did he think uh, the whole pole was going to come with it? The whole plan was kind of based around the fact that Baba was trailing tra- uh, or hauling a pole behind him. So, yeah. How strong is that leash then? <laughs> 
I yeah, for, forget Babao's own barbaric strength. The <laughs> the leash is made of impressive fabric. There, there's a lot of weird, weirdly um, you know, who's making that material in this world? There's so many inept yeah, like- creatures in Pure Heart Valley that where are they where are they where do they have the material scientists, you know, to produce those leashes? Where do they have the scientists to produce the freaking uh, royal alarm that was installed at Mau Mau's house in the beginning of the episode. I don't know where all their technologists come from, because I haven't seen any. But yeah, I can, I consider this to be like one of the first like great Mau Mau episodes, but I, I still gotta say, I'm at least a, a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to fight Bow Bow the Barbarian. <laughs> they, really, uh, they really made him look awesome in all of those flashback memory paintings i also enjoyed the emperor's new groove vibe that happened when mau mau and badgerclops were sort of fighting over manipulating the actual painting cards like sliding them around the screen flipping them around shoving them (laughs) up that was entertaining i i I mean i I remember i could have sworn that it was on an earlier podcast episode we commented or i commented someone commented about the the lady who loses her children in the storm drain. Oh my god, that was the standout, I think, comedic moment for me. At least when she... First of all, her Irish accent is great, but then second, when she is like, I can't find my kids, and Mau Mau's like, first of all, you're arrested. <laughs> I mean, at, le- at least the, the kids found themselves really quickly, actually. How did she not notice they were there? <laughs> I almost feel like, like, w- was the original pitch for that joke? Did it end before you see the kids? And then later, standards and practice at Cartoon Network were like, you have to show the kids again. <laughs> the kids did not die in the storm drain. <laughs> we gave you a PG rating, Aww. but it doesn't go that far. <laughs> but I was, why? So I this is, you know, episode 10. And so far, there's like been no information about the pure heart giant gem, except that it's, you know, magical and protects the land. But that terrible mother, <laughs> like, calls upon it and actually does a weird magic hand wave thing, which is just like an incredibly tiny little eh, piece of lore that's kind of thrown out in there where most of these sweetie pies are, like, basically stupid and inept and don't do anything. They, some of them might have a relationship to that gem. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a religious gesture and they highlighted the part of the gesture that was relevant. So it was obvious that she was making a heart in the air. So instead of, you know, making a the sign of the cross in front of you, she's making the sign of the heart in front of her. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it is kind of like a, yeah, like that cross gesture. So do, I wonder if we'll see more of that in more episodes or if that was just a one-off thing. I wouldn't uh, anticipate too much. I, I think it was just since they gave her a very Irish accent, they're <laughs> like, oh, what's, a, what's, what's something one would expect a European peasant to do in this situation? <laughs> we really draw on that. I, you know, traditional Catholic Irish stereotype, apparently, <laughs> if, if there if there is such a thing, I guess. Yeah. Who wants to break tradition? I don't. I don't even want to break the Ruby Pure Heart. <laughs> How did, I mean, it's just amazing that Mau Mau was able to do it. He really is legendary. Oh, uh, well, yeah, they were just going fast in a car, I guess. But also, it's too bad that no one with healing spit is around to easily patch up a gem. And yet, they also don't seem concerned about actually doing it. It's just kind of like, well, the gem's broken, but, you know, we have a sheriff now, but it just seems like there was more trouble <laughs> than what even Mama should be able to handle if they needed that giant gem to protect a gigantic plot of land. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, they they have two wizards in town who are taking on the job. Mm, yeah, they haven't gotten a lot of screen time yet, though, but who knows? No, they, 
they're just bit characters, but at least they established that they're there and ostensibly working on it. It's not like nobody cares. <laughs> it's just that, you know, the, the storyline kind of requires the pure heart to be broken, so it's going to be broken. You said it yourself, everyone in the pure heart valley is inept, so... Speaking of inept, so when Mau Mau's, like, training everyone to hold their spears and uh, get ready to fight, the moment he has with Kevin, the little precious sea green self-proclaimed precious, little boy. Precious little boy. <laughs> uh, that was the best line reading of the episode, for sure. I didn't look up who the voice credit for that was, but they're just, like, stammering nervousness underneath. You know, they actually draw, you know, Mau Mau t- basically towering over them. I really enjoyed how that scene was both uh, composed and then just his complete nervous breakdown. I don't know. I My favorite line, uh, well, one of my favorite <laughs> lines was that, I almost know you'll what... get your glory soon. <laughs> it, it wasn't a doormat screaming violence. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what stops me from being confident that the you'll get your glory soon is my favorite, but like, it's up there. Well, yeah, Adorabat also, though, like, again, I love how she's voiced, but the way she, like, approaches Mau Mau at the end after she realizes what the core of the problem was with Mau Mau's story and why he was so torn up about the dog. There was just something really funny about how Adorabat is, like, teetering on the edge of also crying and breaking down and still getting out all of her words really fast as she grabs onto Mau Mau's leg. That was just a really... Precious and hilarious moment. Oh, yeah. You have to just sit there and listen. He just really likes butterflies. <laughs> oh, that was that was really good, too. That was oh, excellent writing, excellent voice acting, excellent animation. It all came together in such a wonderful moment. <laughs> I also, you know, it definitely as I like understand what this show is about and how it perceives itself as a show. I like that we now know that Mau Mau's, you know, how his tragic backstory, you know, quote unquote, for his tail being gone, is based in this much, you know, simpler story of adventuring with a dog. And it's not like, you know, it's not like the reveal of Zuko's scar or something, but it doesn't have to be either, you know? Like, Mau Mau doesn't need to be tragic for it still to be, you know, emotionally interesting and funny and heartwarming. I mean, I I wonder how much that moment meant to Mau Mau because you you see him then back when he's wearing the green versus now with him in the red like his personality is night and day well he also has a like you know at first there's this like goofy voice happening in the middle of his narration of his story about Bao Bao's betrayal of him and you know it just sounds like I think it's also the creator of the show the same guy voicing Mau Mau putting on that voice but I've also watched one episode ahead of this one what's that what's the title of episode 11 Popularity Conquest. Yeah, in Popularity Conquest, Mau Mau actually goes somewhat back into his old persona where that that goofier voice is used again. And watching Bao Bao again, I was thinking, what if he is actually like, because also his outfit was green and different and he looks younger and more innocent. Was there actually a time where something made him change something core about his identity where he puts on this more like gravelly batman like voice and changes the whole wardrobe and everything now i'm going to be looking out for if that transformation or if that theory's true maybe it's already answered in the next 20 episodes but i had that thought that oh something else made mau mau go from being a happy-go-lucky kid with a hilariously goofy voice to being a little more 
serious about his heroic quest and also a little more solemn. Again, I'm I'm worried that that was that was this that was like he's still really broken up about Bow Bow. Like it it doesn't the amulet doesn't matter. Who cares about the amulet? They're just questing together, doing legendary deeds. But losing his friend, losing his tail because his friend turned his back on him. Like I th- I think that might have been what did it for Mau Mau. I mean I I just do want to point out that in the sixth episode breakup before he met Badger Clops, Mau Mau was already wearing the red. Okay, so that gives a little context to the timeline. So your pitch is that Bao Bao is what actually makes him transform into the red Mau Mau. I still think it's there's going to be something else. Obviously, it hasn't happened in the next 20 episodes, though. So maybe that's something to look forward to otherwise. I mean, do you not think that Bao Bao's betrayal is a big enough deal for Mau Mau? Uh, I think from a writing perspective that Bao Bao's story is about his tail being gone. But I think the fact that they showed us him in like a green outfit and with, you know, seemingly maybe even a different voice that there might be a second thing that caused that. Hmm. And considering we already know about his backstory with his dad, maybe there's even some other important pivotal moment story. I mean, we haven't seen his actual like we knew we know that as a child, he wanted to be like his sisters and grow up to be a hero. But have we actually seen the like pivot point at which? he actually makes that decision and dons the red outfit. I'm just assuming that those two events are correlated, where he, like, sets on his quest to impress his dad. When he's in green, he's out there. He's adventuring. That's true. Yeah, so that... I Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Isn't there... What... The, like, latest episode about Mamau being naked or whatever is also... Yeah. Also tells us something about his red outfit. So maybe I need to see that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the only thing about the history of his outfit you get is that even when he changed the color, he kept the design of the outfit the same because the when he was complimenting, his green outfit was the closest his father ever got to getting his name right. Oh, Lord. I'm not ready for this backstory with his dad. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, uh, Mau Mau said that he lost more than just his tail. He lost his innocence. And we were talking about how he sounds much, you know, happier and younger. Back in the back in the flashbacks, whereas now he has the grizzled veteran style voice, and so I think it's probably what did it. You wanted to talk about Badger Clubs, though. I, I did like his little note at the end when the whole group hug cry session happened. That apparently he's been having his own emotional problems that just you know weren't displayed in the episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, poor Badger Clops. I mean, Badger Clops is just like that. He'll he'll tell you. He'll tell you about this stuff if he thinks <laughs> that you're willing to listen. Right. He he's always got his own inner world going on though. But yeah, he's definitely willing to talk about it. And they have a they have a wonderful group hug and I mean, Batroclops painted the pikes. He painted them all by himself. That's how much he cares. Yeah, I don't think the pikes actually had to be painted, but that definitely shows that he wasn't taking the threat seriously before. But I like that they do you know, throw in that Badgerclops is getting increasingly nervous and he's not actually confident <laughs> yes. in the fact that Mamau's stories are always exaggerated. Yeah, like it's like a <sighs> sweating bullets. Yeah, I love there's something about Badgerclops' yellow eyes with those black dots that play really well for some of his expressions. Like when he looks scared, he looks truly scared. And when he looks scary, he looks truly scary. Yeah, yeah, it works for both. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Bow Bow's Revenge. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. 
Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, like on YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 